Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, it is Redman Originals podcast time. I'm Paul Machen, Chris Page, I Chloe Blocks and Dan Club in the studio with me for this one. Um, yeah, we're going to talk Liverpool Arsenal and how we were absolutely atrociously robbed of three points uh, by horrendous officiating by shock Paul Tierney. Um, and you could have inserted any referee's name yeah. there, and I would Most have no problem. Of it. them, there was a point, and we've done a lot of like bald referee chat this year. But there was a guy next to me who'd never been there before, to my knowledge, anyway. And he kept like, "You're bald, you're bald." And the guy, the guy next to him, just went, "Hey, wait." Can we leave the ball stuff a little bit? Because eh? there's a few of us around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Just thought, yeah, it was nice. Someone's the thirsty when the game. No, I know. Yeah, absolutely. It's these absence. Uh, someone's going to make that point. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk about Liverpool's remaining fixtures. We've got nine games um, left of the season and how we're feeling all uh, about that. Um, but yeah, we'll come to that in due course. Um, I, not a kickoff question per se, because um, I've not totally thought this one through. But I, who. Of the people involved in the game yesterday, come across like the biggest knobheads. And bearing in mind, I've, I've probably given the answer already. Um, has anyone got any contenders? Because I thought, I thought Arsenal fans, I thought they conducted themselves mm-hmm. wonderfully around the minute silence. The club conducted itself obviously with with class and dignity in the build up to it, which of course I think all clubs do when they played Liverpool around Hillsborough uh, anniversary, by the way. But. Um, uh, but there were some things in that game where I remembered this isn't like nicey nicey. I'll oh, let's clap Arsenal and all that. There, there's a number of players and people involved that I don't like, and it was quite nice to have them reborn. But did anyone do anyone's head in particularly around the game? Outside the linesman, yeah. not him, and the referee. They won the players. We're talking here, anyone? not the line. No, I mean, if you've not got one, Jesus I'm going to. I think Jesus the candidate. I wanted Martinelli. Martinelli is the one where where. Canate lifts his leg close to him and he stays down, down clutching yeah. at his face. There was like, a, he didn't touch him, not at all. There's a, there's a, again, the lads around me shouted, and there's a good point on this, is if Martinelli's convinced he's been kicked in the face, I say, I'd go up to him and go, right, we're going to do VAR on that, mate. Are you, yeah. are you, are you certain that you got kicked in the face or, or are you going to get up? Because we're going to go to VAR with it. And if you go to VAR and you've not been kicked in the face, then I'm going to book you or send you off for diving. How's that? And see how quickly it takes him to get up onto onto the pitch again. Because they did that too many times in that game. Like mm. the, the feign and head injury stuff Loads, yeah. does my head in. Because you can't, you, I don't, referees can't be the ones to go, nah, you're fine, get up. Because there's too much and a reasonable amount of scrutiny on the head injury stuff. 
Um, but yeah, Martin Elliott, and the fact that he was celebrating in front of our fans and giving it the extra bift. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. Oh, I just as soon as the goal was blown in, I was didn't even look his way. I was more looking at the players on the pitch, thinking again. Well, give it the bigger like he did. Yeah, but there's loads like yesterday, wasn't there, from the Arsenal? That that just tells me in terms of every time we had anything like an attack, somebody go down. Ramsdale went down with yeah. something in his eye early doors. It was like a normal headed clearance. I think it was Gabriel. He was down head injury. It was constant, but it was definitely a tactic from Arteta. That by the way, it was 100 yeah. percent the thing they were doing. Yeah, it's a dark art, isn't it? You have to do that if you're fighting for a league title and stuff. And... Especially at Anfield, I think yeah, you want absolutely. to like, quell the crowd, if yeah. you like. Yeah. I think, look, look Xhaka, could, Xhaka <laughs> could be on the list, but he helped us. Yeah. So him doing Xhaka things actually plays into our hands. I was made up, he started doing all that. Yeah. yeah wouldn't have been back, we wouldn't have drawn the game if it wasn't for Xhaka. Really? I don't think so. I, see, here's the weird thing, is I thought the atmosphere was good from the off. And I remember we went one nil down and Salah, after the goal, was going to the crowd to tell him to get up. And I thought to myself, nah, the crowd has been up. It's used on the pitch, yeah. you haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened was it went 2-0. And then it got silenced because people just thought to themselves, "You like, how are you playing like this again? How many times do we need to watch it? The same football game happening on replay, just a different team we're up against. Yeah. And it was Xhaka that ignited us again. Yeah. But from the off, our atmosphere was decent. Yeah, I... I... I've never been that angry watching a game of football yeah. at Anfield. Like I, I'm not. I'm just not that kind of person because obviously the point of like screaming at the players or shouting at them in particular. But honestly, like I, I it was like because I, I started off and I, we we were chatting, we were walking to the ground club and we were saying I just don't really have any feelings about this team yeah. anymore. I've kind of detached myself from it. I just I feel a bit sad. I don't really feel anger or what I wound up. I just feel a bit like. I'll, I'll enjoy the good moments in the football matches. I've, I, there were moments I enjoyed in the Chelsea game, there were moments I enjoyed in the City game. That'll be what it'll be, and there's nothing really I can do about it. I can't afford to tie my emotions into it anymore. By the time that second goal went in, fuck me. I like Genuinely, it was like, I, 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 it was something I've, and what, 34 years or whatever I've gone to Anfield, I've never, like, it's a hell abuse, and hell abuse, I like, but I did like, I did shout angrily at players like I play. Like Virgil Van Dijk looked looked for that second goal. For me, like he was just like, nah, not asked mm. at all. It's a goalless from the moment it left the guy's boot for the cross. He was like, oh, this is a goal. Ah oh, well, nothing I can do about this because it's pre-written in the stars. And I was just like, and that seemed to be the attitude from absolutely everyone. They spawned the first goal, mm. but after that, it was just like, no, Arsenal are the champions. Arsenal are going to steamrollers. Poor old Liverpool. Where fucking get us a fucking ambulance. Let's take us out of here. Let's go. Let's wind the season up. Let's wind the football club in and all. Just have a fucking have another month and a half off. And I was raging with it. But then, gonna check it out like a prick. Mm. Trent stood up to it. And from then on, I just it was like Liverpool were reborn. I fucking I love absolutely loved every second of it after that, which is mad because I was prepared to. Be, I was ready. I was ready, and I'm saying it would have happened. They were getting booed off at half time if they'd not if they'd not picked themselves up because that was the worst. That was the angriest, the tetchiest I Liverpool the crowd's been. Um, but yeah, kind of Chakas saved us really. Um, more of that Arsenal, <laughs> you fucking gang of idiots, absolute idiots. Um. Dan, the fight was was brilliant. I really, really genuinely was. It, mm. You know, it, we could have just crumbled and walked off there and yeah. gone, or held our hands up and gone, ah, that's it, season done. No, mm-hmm. no worries about it. And look, in terms of ambition, it might well be. We'll, we'll come on to that. But oh, all we ever really ask for is to see the players go out there and be a bit more blood and thunder. Mm. Um, 
they, they achieved that and they actually almost got the three points as well. Yeah, they did, yeah. And it just shows you how, how far a bit of effort can go if you sort of put it in the right places. And it was there to see yesterday, wasn't it? We've said it for a long time this season, sort of. We know the quality is not at the levels it has been in previous years. We were fully aware of that now. Like, we've watched that time and time again. What we expect as a bare minimum is that fight, that desire, that passion, and that wants to get a result from a game. And it wasn't on show for half an hour yesterday. But like you've already said, thanks to Granite Xhaka, we kind of ignited that. A, within the players and certainly in the stands. Chloe's right, the atmosphere may well have been there to begin with, but what we witnessed kind of subdued the atmosphere, I think it's probably fair to say, and it needed something to kickstart it again. But what I was most pleased about, and to a man, I should say, before we go into this, to a man, there was fight, there was desire, there was passion. But I do also want to say that the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold in particular and Ibrahim Akinati in particular took it upon themselves to drive us forward and yeah. to take that game by the scruff of the neck. And they weren't going to just be bystanders and watch Arsenal steamroll of us and watch them come to Anfield and play nice football and beat us comfortably. They weren't having that. And I think especially for Trent, because Ibrahim Akinati has kind of been not immune from criticism, but he hasn't been a part of a lot of it because of his injuries and his in-and-out nature of the season. But Trent has been front and centre of a lot of criticism this season so for him to take a game like that to scuff the neck and say no I'm not having this and to drive us forward from then on out was massive it for me it felt like I remember the Merseyside derby during Covid when Henderson goes off injured he starts mm-hmm. centre half doesn't he? he goes off injured and then Trent's like the, the last man standing yeah. almost and he's trying everything but he's right back there's only a limit to what he can do I know you've done a bit on this and you're going to be doing more on this Chris but it felt like Trent was actually allowed to go and grab the game you know, um, and he was just a, all the better for it. You know, trusting a brilliant footballer, letting him loose almost. I, that was Trent playing angry. I got, I got Stephen Gerrard feelings watching watching that kind of performance out of him. I thought he was great. It's the one thing that I don't think Trent does often enough, to be honest with you, because obviously Trent's such a talented footballer and he's so good with the ball at his feet that he can do anything on a pitch and we're used to it. But he, I, I can't remember him grabbing the game by a scruff of the neck like that before. Like, you know where it's like he set the tempo with actually fronting up Shaka and pushing him in the back and mm-hmm. stuff. And then from there, it was every challenge. It was 50-50s. He was going in and he was going full-blooded trying to win those challenges and he knew the effect that it was having on the crowd. And I think great players sometimes can get the crowd involved. And he was able to do that. He got us all on side and we got angry. And Arsenal sort of do what they do. And that is under the light or um, field in front of a big crowd. They panicked They're like a deer in headlights. And Trent was able to get us all into that situation. But it was with the ball at his feet. I mean, what he did to Zinchenko essentially made him shove him off, I reckon. Because that was absolutely hilarious. Going getting with the nutmeg and stuff like that. But Trent was just brilliant all game long I think after that happened mm. he just took control of absolutely everything and everybody and went no this is it and it's not something that Trent does and that's the biggest thing and what I loved about Liverpool's performance more than anything is we were playing a better side than us and we dragged them down to our level and so many times over the last few years when we've had poor results admittedly few and far between a team has dragged us down to their level not once this season I think a Liverpool ever dragged a team who were better than them down to their level and that was the big difference maker for me what can I just jump in on that trend thing 
the first 20 minutes when we were absolutely abysmal, I did not know what the hell we were trying to do with him. Yeah. He wasn't in the game. We had no with Canate. Mm. had no outball at all. You could see Canate literally panicking because he didn't have anyone's pass to. Canate was getting dragged wide as a right back, which is why Martinelli does the ball in mm -hmm. to Gabriel Jesus, who gets it 2-0. Because Trent is then having to fill in at like a right centre half. First 20 minutes when no one was on it, I could not understand what the hell we were trying to do. And I was begging for us to switch it back and fix it. Yeah. But once we actually got the tempo and the intensity and we played the level that we want to play and we did it on our terms, we didn't let them control the ball. First 20 minutes, they had so much possession. It was literally like they were sat there admiring them, admiring mm. the football that they were playing. Um, but once we actually got to it and we controlled the game, that's when you could see how brilliant he was. But for the first 20, I was I was dumbstruck with what the hell but was But it wasn't on. just Trent, it was Robertson as well. Yeah. They were doing it to both wingers, weren't they? And that's the thing. You know, we, we talked about it on the deep dive um, on Friday, me and Josh, is the way that they play that box midfield. Granite Jack is the one that always makes the run from like an advanced eight on the left-hand side in between Canate and Trent Alexander-Arnold. One of them's got to go with him, which frees up the outball on the other side. Equally, on the, on the flip side of that, Odegaard's doing it, which frees up space for Saka. And that's the difficult thing that Liverpool were trying to deal with early doors. It's like, how do you, how do you pass him off? I'll just say to you, mate, well, I'm going to go with this. You've got to do that. Because you can't you can't talk it through, per se, when the game's actually happening. You have to know what each other's doing. And I think that's the first 20 minutes. Is like, well, if they do this, what are we going to do together to combat it? And that's where we struggled, I think, just with just with their formation and what we were trying to do. We struggled with a lack of bravery, I thought, that first half. Because, again, inevitably, people have got their favourites and they're not favourites and there was a guy near me shouting at Curtis Jones constantly and there was a point where I just screamed, I, I turned around, I, again don't do this in football matches off him, but I turned around and went, who the fuck's he meant to pass to, nobody wants the ball off him because he's, he, he's picking the ball and this is one particular moment, I'm not saying he was like shining and whatever, he really did struggle to get into the game, but when you pass the ball to a midfielder and then he looks forward and there's not a single person looking to receive the pass no one's moving towards him to take it off him i was so like it was just so unbelievably but it's what we've had all season long that it's that too many people are just book passing and going well i'll play this five yard pass to you you do yeah. something with it you do the hard yeah. thing no responsibility and when taken, and, yeah. and when tiago's not there nobody wants to play the ball forwards there is another example of that in the first 20 minutes, Gakpo won every single battle, every single header. He kept winning the nod on, but there was no one else running alongside him. There was no one who he could nod it down to. He was always nodding it into space, into dangerous areas, but none of our other players had made the run behind him. So it, that was the other point, was we were hoofing a ball up, and Gakpo probably, to a lot of people, looked absolutely crap. But he won every duel, he won every header, he won his individual battles, but there was no one else running on to the balls and he was doing to help him or even being further up the pitch for him to nod it down to yeah. control it too yeah it was a it was a shitbag first 30 minute performance and that was the most frustrating and anger inducing part of it because there was no it just didn't look like anyone there wanted i mean like, like gapo performed admirably and obviously salah's trying to make space out, out the right trent trying to play the passes that trent alexander arnold plays but everything else was just again fabinho just was a, a, a half a yard to a yard behind absolutely everything again virgil van dyke was that is the way and bearing in mind that I, i've been a big week for me and virgil i've gone on two different i went on live television on saturday and then all over twitter off, off the back of it defending virgil van dyke to that to the, to the hilt and then there's a moment where he goes over to the right back area and I can't remember who it is, but it's Martinelli. And he just 
just the kind of like he's just late. He's late. He's mm. slow. Yep. He's lax, and he gets ghosted past. And it's like, mate, get off. Oh. If you're gonna behave like that, but that was that was endemic in the whole. Was the that whole the one where he just boots Martin Ellie in the end? You get booked. Yeah. In the end. yeah, yeah. It's just, it was everything about it was just like, oh, ugh, it was yeah. accelerate. God, like you know, yes, yeah. Get, I mean, again, but but after that, he was accelerating. Yeah, I saw him at top speed. He was in a foot race with I think it was Martin Ellie, and he pulled away from him. You're like, why aren't you doing that all the time anymore, Virgil? Yeah. Got to be a confidence thing for me across this entire squad because you've just seen it. You've seen it within a microcosm of a half here. First half of a half, we're miles off it. We're behind everything. We're second to everything. We can't win our tackles. Our passes are falling short. They're intercepting. Arsenal are having a field day. They're making a mockery of us. All of a sudden, it's like you flip a switch in Liverpool and you get a bit of confidence, you get a bit of fight and everyone throughout that team suddenly plays to their level. It's so bizarre and so frustrating to watch. But that's where we're at now. Well, that- Would it be better if we just said to the referee, can you start it at 1-0 to them? Probably. And that way, you know, well, we, we have to play from behind, but also you don't have to go through we conceding and we're a bit pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't knock the confidence. No, I just, <laughs> if someone, if just what every team has got their, a bell end, could that bell end just be extra bell endish to players that we quite like? It'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, or ju- I just want our players to be more affronted, you know, and yeah. I want them to feel like someone's trying to embarrass them and make them look stupid yeah. because it's the only way to do it because you, you often have this problem. With like you know, in a boxing analogy, they're like the Rocky thing. It's all well and good when you're the underdog and you're running the streets and chasing chickens and all that kind of stuff and running up, running up steps. But all of a sudden, when you get to the top and you've got the money and you've got everything, you've achieved everything. The only thing that keeps you at the top is not wanting to be knocked off the top. You know, it's like you've got you've got more to lose all of a sudden, and it feels like our oh, lads have, have have just been lacking like whatever that is. Like no one's gonna take it off. No one's gonna send them to bed early because they're a grown up now. You know what I mean? No one can tell them off because they've achieved all these things. They don't look like a team that's got something to lose, mm-hmm. and that ha- and that was what happened with the, with the Shaka thing. It was a for the first time in a, in a long while. It was like they've gone, yeah, they just got pissed off at the idea that someone was trying to take things off them instead of being so passive and just going, oh yeah, I'm really sorry for ourselves. Go, go on, guys. Yeah, it, it's not our day today. Yeah. It really annoys me, and this might be an agony rant in the case of like. I can't stand our players because that Liverpool, <laughs> if you show, literally... It, Tell them how you really feel. <laughs> they did not... It, Arsenal did couldn't handle us. They did not want anything to do with us once we got on a level where we were like, we're having a go at you. We're not letting you come to Anfield and play us off the park anymore. And when you actually saw that reaction, we were the much better side. We should have walked out there with three points. They've gone from a 2-0 lead in a title race to sit in there saying thank thank God we've came away with a point here thank yeah. God for that why aren't I seeing that every game I don't why it angers me at the fact that look the players are still there it's still inside you it's still unbelievable where the hell has it been all season why am I seeing it for 45 minutes in one game why do you need something to get you up for it it's it's a game in the Premier League it's a game for top four potentially I don't think it is but we can say that it is but it's a game to maybe affect the title race it annoys me that it takes something like that to get our players up. Well, that, that unfortunately, I agree with you 100%, but that unfortunately is the nature of a side who's between fourth and sixth best, seventh best in the league. Mm. You can, how many times you hear, we can beat anyone on our day. This, the mark of a great side is consistency. Yeah. That's the difference. We've still got it. Great sides just do. Great sides just do it every single week and we're not a great side anymore. That's, that's, the, that's the painful thing is each of those players has been part of a great side. 
So you think they'd be able to remember what that sort of magic dust is that that makes them that, but inconsistent sides are the mark of third to eighth. See, I could take that a little bit more if I didn't think that it was also something to do with desire. Because I look at those players some days and think, they can't be asked. They're feeling sorry for themselves, they can't be asked, and they're not putting it in. And I've said that, I reckon, half of the games this season. And I feel like I've actually seen that. So this is the difference. I don't get why... Some days, like, you can show up and just not have a kid in the world. Like we did the first 20 with Virgil and Robertson. No one's talking to each other. Mm. Gabrielle's got the space of everywhere and we just don't give a damn to, to try and mark him. To try and do the simple thing of defending. And then 20 minutes later on top, we, we, we should be winning a game of football. That is what annoys me, We've... is the fact that sometimes I see no attitude and sometimes I see unbelievable attitude where I feel like we can win a game of football against the best side in the I, league. I, I, think, I, think, right. I think a lot of it boils down to what the things we've said all along is that you need you need lads in the prime who've, who've not just got the, the fight and the t- determination, but they know that they know the system inside and out and they've got the technical ability as well. And at the moment it's still it was still Jordan Henderson doing all the running around, trying to, you know, doing Jordan having a Jordan Henderson kind of game and, and, and lacking other people to kind of join them on the join them on the crusade. It was it was it was just yeah, like an empty an empty tank. Looking at them, going, who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one that that busts the narrative here? Who doesn't? Who's not here for narratives? He's here for Liverpool are going to win this game, and we haven't got enough of those lads anymore. And the ones who've who've, who've got it just don't seem to have what it, it's like. They're, they're lacking that gear to take them on mm. and and do it. And this is why we have this on our on our day when we're not faced with adversity. We'll we'll pants all kinds of teams, and we've done that plenty of times this season. But that was for me what was most important about this because I did think while I was watching it because I said I was I was perfectly happy. I was well, happy the opposite. I was very I could I could have foreseen a world where I was just like I'm not I'm just not even going to watch this team again because if they can't be asked to put a fucking shift in, why am I giving up yeah. important parts of my life to go and watch a fucking gang of fucking millionaires swan around the pitch not giving a shit? Um, but if we were gonna if we we're going to try and turn a season around, then you needed to have it. It wasn't just going to fix itself. It's not just going to take. You're not just going to turn up on a game and it's fine. They actually need to come. They need a win. I don't just mean three points. I mean they need to. They need to win a battle. They need to come through adversity and feel buoyed by it in weird in a weird way. Beating Manchester United seven 0 party time, great. Everyone will remember that game for all time. But it didn't didn't do show us anything new about ourselves. We beat you know we put nine past Bournemouth earlier on in the season. This team, this team can win football matches. What it can't win is games in adversity, mm. and that was the first time I think we probably needed the win from this. If I'm honest, but. I felt like there was at least something there where they can actually not just go, oh, there's some nice moments and there's a nice build-up player. It was like, no, fucking look at what happens when you actually stand up and broaden your chest out and really go for it. It did feel a little bit like potentially if you're going to build something, you needed to... That, that was the bigger win than almost the, the three points, if that makes sense, is that they can go, there's a hero, there's a hero moment where mm. you've dug deep and shown you've still got the ability to dig deep. And as you say, Chloe, then kind of go and do it. Yeah. remains to be seen whether they can do it Dan but uh, well our ability or inability rather to respond to setbacks this season has been criminal quite frankly and I've I've banged on about it many times on numerous different shows I've spoke to sports psychologists and our experts about it about just how Liverpool can't respond to setbacks this season and it's something we used to pride ourselves in that it matter how many minutes we remain in the game previously because our mentality and our ability to keep going in games and sort of get the result we wanted in the end was always there and it was clear to see but that's 
completely deserted us this season. And couple that with the fact that we don't start games well. It was a recipe for disaster, wasn't it? You don't start games well and you can't respond to setbacks. Like, you're going to have a bad season if you put them two together. And that's what we've been facing. So I think you're right. I think yesterday, even though we didn't end up obviously getting the three points that we so desperately needed and wanted, I actually think what we showed in that game, particularly sort of the last hour of it, might stand us in better stead for the remainder of the season and even going into next year as well because this is all going to play a part. Like that showed yesterday that there are still certain lads, not all of them, who are willing to fight and have got that within themselves to sort of rouse themselves from the dead. Because I, like you, Chloe, and probably like you guys as well, have been questioning a lot of these lads recently and saying, how much do they actually want it? How much do they want to be a part of this side now and the side moving forwards? But yesterday, and hopefully continues for remaining nine games, showed me that there are still lads within that, Trent especially in Canate, and, and a few others, who deserve to be and have what it takes to be part of this side in the yeah. future. So Normally, the before half-time, sorry, Chris, was a, bit, was a huge part of that as well. Because I think if you go in a half-time and then it's like like the manager's got to go and have another fucking way with you, mm. being able to actually do that in play was another was a was a much more positive yeah. thing than actually yeah you go in you get a you get a rocket up the arse and then you come back in the second half. Go I've on. got a bit of a problem with that. We've been speaking about this team for for a while now, and it kind of just dawned on me when you were all talking there. You were talking about you know watching millionaires swan around and you're questioning the desire, and I think we've all done that at times this season. But when we responded, they responded. Mm. That's what happened yesterday. And that's maybe something that I think has crept into Anfield all season long, is that because we concede those early goals, the crowd goes, oomph, and it's Jürgen's doubters to believers right from the very start of all of this. Like, if we if we don't stand and believe in that side, we're going to struggle to be that side that goes on and achieves thing again, because that's what we did. He, he did the West Brom thing, the two all, and mm. he did that, and the crowd stayed in, in answer of him saying, yeah. you were leaving, you don't believe we can do this. Well, yesterday, everyone believed we could do it. Yesterday, everyone did, and what happened on the football field? Well, I, I, it's, yeah, but I, 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 yeah, the problem we've got with this is that it's the tide that's robbed the belief from the fans. Yeah, that's the my exact point. Of course it is. But we're not fans we're who go still in and, ex- and supporting. We're still late. We're still late. that atmosphere from the very beginning was right. I, I Chloe, there was fucking thing. half the stand in the frigging um I'm on concourse. The I'm there was so. half a stand in the concourse with six minutes of the first half to go. Missed because our we goal. Down, Let yeah. me tell you this story. Let me tell you this story, right? So James has nipped to the toilet and he hears the cheer. <laughs> Of everybody and the fella next to him, so it wasn't that loud, and it, it was where I was anyway, and I'm sure it was. But where they were, it, it's a little way in the concourse. And some fella grabbed his pie while he was having a piss and threw it at the wall in front of him. Fuck's sakes, Reds, boomf! Like we just scored, and the fans are thinking we've conceded a third, and everyone in the toilets apparently thought we'd conceded a third. Yeah. Like that's. That's not belief. Well, That's doubt. Yeah, oh God, and yeah, this yeah. is what creeps in. And of course you've got to, it's stupid to say anything other than they've got to show us as well. But when it went 1-0 down, what did we do? Did we have that big cheer? Did we go out five, ten minutes of it? Because that's what Liverpool fans do yeah. normally, and we didn't do that. Not three quarters of the way into the season. That's I think, that's the, say, I think yeah. the problem is, is that it goes back to Chloe's point, is that it's, 
it's it's three quarters of the season of being browbeaten by going, no, no, come on, Liverpool, we'll give you the roll, we'll go, and then just fucking letting it down and letting it down and letting it down. Yeah. This is a this is a cumulative But this is, this is the problem, though, isn't it? And I think we're part of the problem, and I think all the other fan channels are part of the problem. When you're out there going, Liverpool can win 10 games in a row, and they don't, your expectations are fucking like this. Like how many times people go? Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make take take make top four. I've said it myself. You've said it all season long. Be a realist. Look at the points per game. We're averaging one point five two points per game. Don't sit here and tell me that we're gonna all of a sudden change it because you're getting expectations up. And when you get expectations up and you don't achieve it, then you become a doubter. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But as I say, to the point is that. It's got there's a synergy and we do this whenever whenever the team's not great, the atmosphere's not great, and everyone goes, Well, the fans need to be beef it up. And the reality is both. Mm-hmm. You need a team that's a team to be proud of, a team that you feel are doing what you would love to be able to do on the pitch, and that's to go and die for the shirt and give that absolute all. And normally the year, and when you get that, we get results as well, which is so that all of that's been kind of undercut in itself. And yeah, I I think that's what I mean about it. It felt like a I talked about I my mean, match reaction about like a, a bit of a rebirthing moment of we'll see you know Leeds is going to be the next test and then so on and so forth but that it goes back to your point is that you need to know there's something to be believed in you know they, they need they need to earn the right to be believed in again and that's mm. what it was like because if they could have if they carried on playing like they played in the first thirty five minutes. Then they're not a team that they're not a team that's gonna get people excited. Not a team that's gonna have they're a team that's gonna have people walking out the stadium again, because they don't because they've been they've kind of had their spirits crushed by going to do it, and that's footy, isn't it? That's the rise and fall of it all. That those lads on the pitch need to do what they did in order to have the fan base know that there's a there's a mutual trust in there, and look what happens. They get they do it, and the crowd immediately is like right sound up for it and Anfield was an absolute bear pit for the rest of the game mm. and when we were together look what happens we, we, we should have ultimately taken three points off the champions elect there comfortably as well what, by the way what I'd like to say is for someone who's so I, I've nearly been every single game so far this season two games I have missed are two aways in which we've won but I've been relatively every other away game and let me tell you every single game we have stood there. We've sang You'll Never Walk Alone. 3-0 down to Wolves. Don't worry, we've still supported you. We've still been there to clap you off the pitch. And those players, bear in mind, first game of the season, Virgil van Dijk didn't even acknowledge our fans in that away end at Fulham. He'd gone straight down the, the tunnel. Mo Salah doesn't come over to us against Wolves. There's about three people who came over to us at Wolves. And yet, we still stand there every single game. I do not leave that ground before clapping those players off the pitch. City the other day, half of our half of our fans had left, and I could totally understand why, but the people who were still there still clapped them before eventually going. It's give and take. We're still there. You can see us at the end of every away game clapping you. We went mad singing a new Jota song when we were 2-0 down against Wolves because we could at least try and entertain ourselves because the lads on the pitch weren't doing it. It's a two-way street. If that was at the very beginning of the season, and even now on the cop, people were fuming at some of the players yesterday, and I was like, shut up, get behind them. 
get behind them and see what then what what they'll do then and i totally get it but when every single time there's people who go to the game and people fume because oh you're so lucky to get tickets i am but i'm also sat there in the stadium watching a team who look like they can't be asked to play football and wear the badge of liverpool football club which i have felt so far this season in a lot of games and i've still sat there and i've still supported them i've still gone the game and at full time i've clapped them all and i've sang you'll never walk alone to them so when we talk about you know it's a two-way street i feel like as a fan it's my job to always be there and i have always been there throughout the entire start like the entire start to mid where we are this season and needs and i've always needed a reaction and it's never quite been there that was the first time i saw a reaction in ages you can see it in the you can see it in the general demeanor on the cop and it's it's because mm. we now stand up for every minute of every game and it's how quickly this season people have just started sitting down like we used to be like they used to tell us to sit down and you go fuck's it come on we need to be stood up because it's easy to sing it's easy to create an atmosphere and you can just see it in, in people's demeanors this season every you know it's like it's just like people about this people roadblock after roadblock brick wall after brick wall and all of a sudden it is yeah brow beating down to the point where they where they're just people are just giving up and sitting sitting down it's like it's almost like you feel like for me it's like part of your penance it's like actually the bit of pain of having to stand up for it is part of like what you give in return for liverpool going and doing going and doing the business but hopefully that's the t- hopefully that is you know we've done a lot about turning points this season and we, we, we can't know until they actually win some football matches but I, I took enough I took a lot of encouragement yeah. from that mm. and that's the that's the thing that came away from came away from that of going you, you know it's like that you know every time I think you couldn't do something dumber you go and pull something like this and totally redeem yourself you know I was like I was like yeah good you know we should have won that I felt like we've been and people asking about the, the the title like being robbed Paul Tierney's the reason why we didn't win that game because he's a fucking idiot, a genuine referee. What, whatever the opposite of a savant is, that's what he is to referee. And um, Mo Salah, Dan gets like he, he gets manhandled mm-hmm. in the box right at the end, and the only thing that goes against Twice. It, yeah, the only thing that maybe goes against them is that in the, in the end. The thing that sends him to ground is he, he has to go theatrically because yeah. he's not getting given. He's being pulled and dragged everywhere and he's almost like going, come on, ref, this, this is enough, right, surely? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, there's this, and I tweeted this last night, but it's the myth that you get, Liverpool get too many decisions at home and you get too many penalties in front of the cop. I mean, like, we had, that was our second penalty of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was our first at Anfield in the league for over a year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And... It was we deserved to, you know, the the, the Jota one's a penalty. It's yeah. a clear, it's a clear penalty. The Salah one is a, is a nailed on stone wall, but I genuinely think Tierney just can't be asked to be in the conversation of the referee that gave two penalties at the cop at the cop end because mm. somehow it's like they go back to the referee club with the smoking jackets oh, on. You fell for it, did you? And sit back and go, oh, oh, you fell into the trap. As if they, and, you know, because of course they never checked the stats. It's an absolute fucking myth, but it's 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 incompetent. Yeah, it is. I think there's numerous factors at play here. To sort of start on the incident, I think 
The first one could be given. It does definitely impact what Salah's trying to do in terms of his finish. The fact he's getting pulled back means he probably does fire over instead of keeping his knee That's over the ball. and killing Tierney, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second one, he is getting manhandled. I think it's Gabriel. Is, it's all mm. over him, literally all over him. And he, he dragged him to the ground in the end. And you're right, Salah does have to make a thing out of it because he feels like if he doesn't, it's never going to get looked at. But for me, there's like I say, there's so many different factors because there's a second penalty element to it, like you've already referred to, and giving two penalties in front of the cop is a thing. I think that the fact that Salah, whether rightfully or wrongly, sort of garnered a reputation of going down easily. And ever since that became a real media play, he just stopped getting given decisions, let alone penalties. He doesn't get free kicks anymore. Yeah. So I think that is definitely into the psyche of referees. When they have the pre-season meetings or whatever it is they have, they're probably not meetings, they're probably Royal Rumbles, given what happened yesterday. Um <laughs> They, but they obviously had a conversation about Mohamed Salah and not giving him as many decisions because, like I say, he doesn't get anything anymore. Then you've got the fact that one of his his mates, his assistant referee, has elbowed one of our Liverpool players. So that's a talking point in itself. And I also actually believe that given sort of the magnitude of the moment and the game, not even really from a Liverpool perspective, but from what it might have meant in the title race, giving that second penalty so late on in the game is such a huge talking point. And VAR and refs have got so many decisions badly wrong this season. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about a lot of them in the in the bias a little bit later, obviously. I wonder whether there was sort of a reluctance to just give anything, because it would have meant so yeah. much in terms it, of the title. Exactly that. He, he shit the bed. In, and again, it goes back to the VAR stuff. There's a little bit of, well, if it's that bad, VAR will bail me out, and then I won't, ultimately I'm not going to be under scrutiny. But does he has he got the, the the bollocks there to be like I'm going to be the guy who gives the decisive decision in the title race? Mm. And I just I think he's, I think he's either bottled it or he shit has it or he's deliberately or or, the, or he's just so negligence in his in his yeah. in his role On as that, a referee. We've seen that. Sorry, we've seen that at Everton with City as well, didn't we? With the handball that wasn't given against Rodri. Yeah, that was a similar sort of magnitude of decision. Where we had the VAR stepped in and gone, do you know what? He's played basketball there in the box and <laughs> give it. That means a lot. And it's similar to yesterday. Obviously, from an Arsenal perspective, not giving it kind of keeps Arsenal in a strong position. So well, it's you've a joke, right. isn't it? When you it's just bad. when you just take a step back and think, well, are you referee in a title race or are you referee in a game of football? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it should be that simple. You're not referee. If the referee is considering those things outside of the game then they're not they're not fit to do the job in my opinion they just yeah. can't be yeah shocking and you know i think the jotter one was probably the weakest of the three and i think it was a pen still yeah <laughs> i can genuinely think the jotter yeah. was the weakest really yeah yeah i think he stands he stands on his foot if you're looking at that Jotter's a little clever, bit isn't he getting the yeah, way yeah jotter moves his body in the way i think if you were just looking at shoulders and not feet you'd be like oh, oh that's real softy like but he does stand on his foot but the Salah one where he skies over the bar we were talking yeah. I didn't see it live we were talking after the game and he's dragged back like he's fucking riding I'm fucking doing a wheelie or something you know what I mean on a bike and then he skies it and why is he sky it because he's fucking leaning back like that yeah. because Tierney's grabbing his shoulders and trying to get a three count and on it's him it's not it's not like, you know, where it's one of them where, oh, well, if he were to continue dragging him for a couple of seconds longer into the box, then yeah, but there's no, he doesn't hold him on for long enough. Now, he's got two hands on his arm dragging him that way from when the ball leaves the the person's foot, whoever's crossed it in that moment. It might have been Thiago. Um, and literally only a second before Mo Salah gets on the end of it does he let let go but you can instantly tell by the way he instantly lets go and, and is like looking around that you know it's like an admission of guilt almost yeah. isn't it? Um, speaking of guilt <laughs> Uh, the linesman elbowed no. Andy Robertson. Now, I never, I didn't see this at, at all at, at the time no someone behind me had said 
I think I think Joss has been booked after the after the whistle. So I presume yeah. that is what had happened. Because like he, he was then walking away and there were people patting him on the shoulders. He was walking down the tunnel and stuff. And obviously Jordan and is it Victor Bitter Matos goes over and has a yes. word with with the referees at half time and stuff. Um it was but to see after the fact, I mean it's a I've seen footballers go down and and players be sent off for less. Um it's Mad, like what the fuck's he? What the fuck's he doing? Why is this? Why is this? this is, surely he's gonna get like eight matches. Yeah, eight match by. He's got to do. You can't put a hand on a player as a referee. Well, Mitrovic got eight for putting a hand on a ref. So mm. the other way down, Lionel yeah, putting a hand like on a player. I, I, I was like, and I, I didn't even know what was going on. I was just talking to someone next to me and went, "Oh, there's like a proper fight or something going on over there. And in the middle of the park, you just see everyone fuming around the ref. Um, but, like, Robertson is slightly going off more. than Like, he gets dragged away. Salad just mm. isn't aware of anything going down the tunnel. And, some, and we're all stood there on the cop, like, who's being booked there? Who's being booked? And then all of a sudden, I went on, on Twitter to just see what everyone else was thinking. And I saw Jamie Carragher tweet something like the line who's just elbowed yeah. uh, Robertson. And I was like, but there's no footage. No one's, where's yeah. the footage? Where's the footage? And then two minutes, just as our Arsenal team came out and we clapped Ramsdale, that's when I saw the footage. And everyone around me, once they saw that, didn't have words. Like, I have never seen anything like it in football. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely bizarre. Mm. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. In a, in a, yeah, I think Steve tweeted earlier, like, it's like is it even in the top ten for most bizarre things that have happened in the Premier League this season? But it's certainly um, certainly up there. Weird one. What a fucking gang of absolute idiots those referees are. Genuinely. He was part of the team that Klopp when he had a go at Tierney last season. He was part of his team then. The Spurs game wasn't it when Robbo yeah. got sent off. That's yeah. One, yeah. But also you can see. I've watched it back and you can see that whatever his name is, Constantine, oh my God. Um, you can see that he feels guilty instantly because Paul Taney books Robertson. Yeah. But Hendo pushes the ref and it's like, no, no, look at him. And the other line from the, down the other end, down the Annie Road end, is telling Hendo to calm down. And that, that other line who's elbowed Robertson is quietly just holding the ball, not looking at yeah. anyone, Homer not Simpson, saying anything. Homer Simpson backing into the head type of thing. He'd have known, wouldn't he, for about the entire half time, he'd have gone back into the referee's room and gone to them, you know what, I've just caught him with my elbow there. Like the entire half time, second half, that had been on his mind thinking, oh, I'm in big trouble when this happens. Yeah. Hopefully like, no one's watched. I'll just check. Oh, God. Oh, oh God, everyone's saw it. Everyone's seen it. Damn idiots. Um, okay, sounds. I just. Um... Oh, can we just do a quick shout out for Trent and standing on the penalty spot to make sure Arsenal yep, players well couldn't friggin yeah. and Henderson holding the ball up. as if he was going to take the penalty. Really liked it. Yeah, really did. That was it again. Some of the, we've still got all those bits, haven't we? Um, great to see Thiago back on the pitch as well. Absolutely, I, I love that. There's been a little too much from my liking, like. Get rid of Thiago in the summer chat, which is just like like we haven't got enough problems without selling a, selling another midfielder. Yes, injury probe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's up. He's we were talking about it upstairs in the, in last week, and it's like everyone's just forgotten how good he is because yeah, yeah. he's not played. Literally. As soon as he comes on comes on the field, and he did that. Was it the flicker flacker reverse pass or something? Oh, yeah. mate, I'm just like oh Thiago's back. Suddenly, everyone who said sell him's like. Probably needs a new contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Not> stay fit. <laughs> yeah, no, great to see, see him back on. And look, this is what we're, we're at. We're at 
um, for the remainder of the games of the season. Now, Curtis Jones is fit, he's available, sound, to another body to rotate in. The second he started, that was my, my thought was very much that is, Thiago's not ready to start that game if Curtis can hold his own for a while, and he did. He has a massive role to play in the first in, in the first goal, which oh, I think will do him no end, no end of yeah. good. Lovely little, uh, lovely little through ball. Um, yeah, encouraging. We're going to need that, and hopefully, uh, some more positives to come. Uh, we're going to be talking about what happens next uh, after we take this very, very short break. Hey everyone, come and join us for the very first Redmen TV Liverpool Quiz Night live at Hotel Anfield. On Friday, May the 5th, we'll be down at Hotel Anfield for an outrageous evening of Liverpool trivia, party games, amazing prizes and incredible live music from Dave Jags of the Ragamuffins. Yes, hosted by our very own deadly duo, Mr. Chris Pajak and Mr. Paul Machen. We promise you an unforgettable Liverpool theme night. It is the perfect precursor for the weekend's match. So if you're heading to our wonderful city for Liverpool versus Brentford, or if you're just looking somewhere to have an amazing night out with you and your mate, bring your trivia brain, bring your dancing shoes, and best of all, bring your shooting boots as well. So yeah, get your tickets now. Scan the QR code that's on the screen. If you go to ticketquarter.co.uk and just search for the Red Men TV, you can get them there as well. Or just find us on all of our social accounts and there'll be links there too. Don't delay, the tickets are going to sell out fast. There are only limited numbers as well. And best of all, if you want to get a group of your mates together, get on there. You can book tables and you'll get discount for buying as a group as well. So yeah, don't delay. Make sure you go and get them. Come and join us down at Hotel Anfield on May the 5th. It's going to be an absolute belter of a night. Make sure you're there. Go and get your tickets. Hey, it's the Bias Football Podcast. We're f***ing idiots. Right, grudge and respect, Chris. A little bit of a wild one this week. We're going to give it for Danny Ings, because Danny Ings has just decided to play for every team with claret and blue like it's his colour. There was just nothing in the news this week. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree... Danny Ings deciding two months ago to sign for West Ham. Do you respect the week? Bit, but how long was it? In a coma. Gary Lineker, you're right. Steve Wilson, Alan Shearer. Every single person on the BBC. You know what? That'll do. Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Green sweet baby. Grudging respect of the week. You know what? Actually, Chris Payjack wins the grudging respect of the week. If you can get Danny Ings that win, Jesus Christ. The biggest story in the news has been all about footy and how much we respect every single person. But no, well in Danny. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, come and join us for our very first ever live in-person uh, quiz event. And I use the word event not lightly in any way, shape or form. It's going to be mammoth. It's going to be very much not like... If you've done a pub quiz before, you have that vibe. You might have a pen and paper. You might be answering some sort of pill trivia questions. But then, you know, you might also get asked to get up and finish a Liverpool song or score a penalty against Chris Pajak or do any other manner of physical, mental or uh, technical challenges. You know what I mean? Yep. Cool. I just uh, didn't know what was coming out of your mouth, so I needed to just 
really listen to it. Okay, so the big picture. If I can sell Chloe on it, then I can sell you guys on it. Uh, tickets are on <laughs> Ticket Quarter right now. Uh, make sure you get them booked. Uh, it's ahead of Liverpool Brentford game. It's on the Friday. So if you're coming up to the city or you want to just come and have a weekend away, then come and kick it off with us. Um, right, nine games left. Um, it is probably too little, too late, Dan. But look, you know, we are where we are. I thought Klopp's pre-Arsenal press conferences kind of summed it up pretty well when he's just kind of saying, look, you know, can we get in top four? I don't know. Mm. You know, it, it, we've just got to, we've just got to play off football and, and, and rebuild something. And the thing that's always worth remembering on this is football continues forever. It's always attached. Seasons exist in isolation technically, but in reality, this is almost like, this is the building blocks for next season. So we need to have something in place such that we can start next season yeah. on a roll. Yeah, it's exactly that. In, in a loose sense, the rebuild starts now, doesn't it? And that's for many senses. It's a tactical sense. We've already seen yesterday a slight tactical switch. is maybe something to look into implement a little bit more next season, maybe with different personnel in mind. And also, the personnel, as I suppose, will come into that now because we've seen the likes of Curtis Jones get a little bit of game time. That's big for him. Who knows? We might see some more Fabio Carvalho, some Ben Doken. We obviously know there's going to be a few outgoings from this current crop, Firmino, unfortunately, being one. But... I think there are sort of squad places up for grabs, I think it's fair to say, ahead of next season. And that's what we're going to see for the next nine games. But I also think, probably more importantly than anything else, whether it be tactical or sort of the personal people in the squad, I think rebuilding some sort of semblance of that mentality that we've spoken about is more important than anything. And that's going to start probably as a baseline with results, I'd say. Because if you go into next season having got nine games left, say we lose five or six of them, we draw one, we win the others. Like That's not going to be enough. We're going to be going into it on a real low. But if we can win like six or seven, maybe pick up a draw and lose one, then that's a different thing altogether. And I think yesterday could have been the start of us getting back that against adversity mentality that we had so previously. And I think that might be more important than anything to clock between now and the end of the season is sort of getting us a base to build on for next season because at the minute prior to yesterday we didn't have anything I don't think yeah. but yesterday could well have been the start of us turning that around again yeah well, we talked about you know part of the, the main part of the podcast already Chloe but feeling like you're bought into something feeling like you're seeing more there was, there's just been not been enough to hang our hats on and there needs to be more of that because it's all well and good saying beat Man United beat Bournemouth beat Rangers beat you know beat you know Napoli beat, you know we've had some really really good moments but the, the way I kind of had it in my head going into this weekend was those games feel more like the end the last like the death throes of the great Liverpool side that went before it rather than this is a great tantalising look at the Liverpool side that's going to come and that's what this is going to be about that's what I, I, I like so much about the response against Arsenal and why that's what needs to continue is that you need to uh, we need to rebuy in again you need mm-hmm. to go uh, if I turn up and I come, it's like I signed a contract with the, you know to to be a Liverpool fan. If you guys promise that you're going to give me loads of energy and effort and fight, then I promise I'm going to dedicate my time and my loyalty and my happiness towards doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's always been that, and you can tell that by the players. We haven't over the years. We've not always had the most spectacular players, but if you gave absolutely everything for the badge, then you were adored by the cop. And that's just there. There are players who technically were absolutely outrageous, um, 
and yet they still don't have a song on the cop. But Andy Robbo, why does he have a song on the cop? Not because he's an incredible footballer, which he is, but more because of you know his aggression, how much passion he puts into the game. Um, and that's what I need to see for the remainder of the season. It doesn't guarantee you anything. I think we're in a top six battle more yeah. than anything else. Mm-hmm. And even then, it, it's a case of even that the players won't want that the players next season will probably fume at themselves even more when they've got to do a Thursday night game um, I mean at least they won't have a half 12 on a Saturday which we, we struggle with but um, yeah I need to see passion and desire and I need to see effort and if you give us that um, then we Liverpool fans know that a big transfer window should be happening I'm fully bought into the fact that it will happen because it needs to happen and I think our owners are aware of that now um, so so I feel like, give me something that I can really go, right, next year, I can see with a few more additions here. Cody Gakpo with a full pre-season, by the yeah. way. Darwin Nunes integrating into it. Diaz back, fully fit. Um, then I can really, really get excited for it again. Yeah, we need to just not limp toward the end of the season, Chris. You know, and so that doesn't... <sighs> We all want to be in the Champions League. There's not anyone associated with Liverpool who doesn't want to be in the Champions League, but we want to get excited about whatever, wherever we are, because it's full football. We've got to support them regardless. It's not like, oh, they're not in the Champions League. Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to love this team less. I'm going to care less about Liverpool. It's not how it works. But you want to be, you want to feel like. I want to be able to get in the season and go, oh, we're in the Europa League. Well, I actually can't wait to go and see some more European stadiums that I've not seen in a while, which will sound total delusion, but that's what a football fan's all about. That's what they're playing for. It's, again, it's, it's a bit of a boring mantra, but that, that one game at a time, one game at a time. We'll end up where we end up, but now it's just about like it is just about looking Leeds United. How do we get some? How do we get enjoyment out of that? How do Liverpool get the points out of that that we need? And then see where it lies, and see where it lies, and see where it lies, and hopefully, for me anyway, we come out in at least European football come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. If a miracle happens, then be primed, and you know, and, and we'll, we'll see what that's a, that's a month from now we can have that conversation. Yeah, I think there'll be Liverpool fans you know having conversations about do they want European football and stuff I think a big club needs European football whether that's the Europa League or what I think I don't see how you can build a side to challenge on four fronts by playing in three competitions mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for me like you know what I mean I, I think we'll probably see Arsenal maybe struggle in the Champions League next season because they didn't have European football this season and weren't tested at quite the same levels so well <laughs> they did yeah they did. It, the uh not for long yeah 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 did they yeah they're even yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 so not for long yeah you need to go deep in four competitions there was still 42 rounds left of the europa league you're right when they went out that but like that, <laughs> i think that's i think that's an important thing for liverpool i think how do you how do you grow your squad size with only domestic competitions. Yeah. You, you just can't do it. You need to fatten the squad, unfortunately, because you need to be able to play Champions League football week in, week out. So if you haven't got that, you trim your squad back down to your 18, 19 lads, and then you've got to do a big work the next season to get the lads back in and all that type of stuff to have a 25-man squad that is good enough to be able to rotate throughout match weeks and stuff. So for me, I think European football is key. The other flip side of it all is if we don't see the heart and desire from players, Jürgen will have a cup. Yeah. That's the other thing. Makes his life easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes his life easier. <laughs> so don't show a reaction, Liverpool players, and watch you won't be here next season because Jürgen won't have that. Jürgen won't have lads coasting week in, week out between now and the end of the season. If people are coasting, 
they won't be in the squad next season. It's that simple because that's the one thing Jürgen wants more than anything. He wants another good person and he wants buy-in. Yeah. And if you're not showing him buy-in in the downtimes, he ain't going to show you the good times. And moreover, you know, we hinted upon this last week on one of the shows of like, there's a big there's a rebuild to come or there's certainly play, there's, there's big work to be done in the summer and then they've got to get on the training ground, they've got to do all these things. If we have another season like this, because everyone keeps saying to me, the manager's position, blah, blah, blah. So it's, not, it's, just, it's a non-issue at the moment and some people will say it because I think we all get emotional and, and there's, there's obvious football routes that need to be taken. If results don't go your way, then you, it, it always is the manager because the players have got more strong contracts and you've got to sell players whereas you can obviously just bid managers off it will be a conversation you know the manager will have that will be in the in in the frame for negative conversations around his future if he doesn't do it if he doesn't turn this year around next year um but this go this 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 is where it leads into this end of the this end of the season thing and again goes back to why i was encouraged by us turning the performance around in play against because it showed that the players have still got that kind of got that it kind wasn't of passion clop calling yeah. them out at half yeah. time and it's not it doesn't show that they're like it doesn't need you because they, they know it themselves you know it shows that they're, they're willing to fight without all that kind of stuff it's just that yeah we need to get to the summer <laughs> with a sense of with a sense of optimism with a sense of whatever no matter where we're at i want to i want to feel excited around watching liverpool again yeah. and if we carry so if we carry on the season like we've done that's not going to be there and that means cops actually not just fighting to turn tactically around or integrate players or get fitness or get their mentality back he's got to win the fans over again and that's the hardest part it's, that makes it almost impossible to hit the ground running when the new season starts because you're already carrying this weight of go and impress me you've got to be good in order for us to turn up we want to we want to bounce into next season raring to see Liverpool play I again. think it was the Covid season where we'd had a horrific season yet we had many many injuries that season mm -hmm. but I remember being there for Palace the last game of the season and we got top four and yeah, yeah people were walking out that ground saying we'll challenge for that title next year yeah. and we were like we've we've just got top four what are you what are you and everyone thought we were mental yeah. but you walked out that ground thinking next year we'll be back there you know yeah. and that's what I want to feel we like need a bit of that don't we yeah. right that's a good point that yeah. Yeah. Um, just in terms of what's coming up then we've just got a week until we play Leeds, um, our top four slash European rivals, uh, have got tricky weekends in coming as well, which I think is which I think is important. You know, I, that was the thing that was a little bit disappointing. Ultimately, why I was so angry with the referee and 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 what I've been the Arsenal game because if we got three points against Arsenal, I think that would have really set us up nicely. This means it's all a bit more of a, a bit more of a sort of pipe dream. The results didn't go favourably this time around, and we're going to need a lot of results to go favourably for us. But you're getting into a world where Newcastle have got to go to Villa um, next Saturday in the early kickoff, which will be a big test for them. Two Fulham sides there yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, Fulham are away at Everton. Tottenham hosts Bournemouth. Uh, Chelsea have got Brighton um, at home. As well, Brentford travel to Wolves, and um, what else we got? We've got uh, Manchester United, Nottingham Forest. I mean, they might be out of our. Some of them might be out of our league at this yeah. point. But um, Who's but yeah, Spurs. I'm oh, sorry. Spurs. I've got Bournemouth at home. Oh. Um, so there is a there are, then. Bournemouth are playing well. At the minute. Bournemouth are doing really well. At the minute, um, drag themselves out the bottom three. Um, the but yeah, there's there's points to be dropped. There's my is my kind of point on this, and we'll know. Because we'll have a clearer picture with us playing on the Monday night. Is that by the time we get to that, it is an away game. Our away form is still absolutely shocking. Um, but in terms of knowing what they're fighting for, at least I'll have a clear picture of what the league looks like by the time they kick off. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing for us. <laughs> I, I really don't. 
Like sometimes you think, oh yeah, that works. You know what I mean? They might be buoyed by it, and so other times you think, well, does it does it make any odds to these lads because they've had mm-hmm. opportunities to gain on on teams in the past, and it's kind of not really worked out. So for hopefully there is drop point, and hopefully it, it instills a little bit of belief in the side. Yeah. Um, just in terms of where what we're looking at the moment, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Villa on the Bias Football podcast after this. But yeah, Villa up to sixth. Four games on the bounce if they won. Yeah, wild, that, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Um, Fulham on a bit of a slide, though, so that's good. So when you mentioned, was it Fulham Everton? I did think, yeah, yeah that's not our business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fulham level on points with Chelsea uh, with a game in hand over them as well, mm-hmm. which, uh, of course, they won't win because they've got no striker anymore. Um but yeah, Brighton. But I mean, the, the the thing as well as the week after is the FA Cup semi-finals, which mm-hmm. means Man United, Brighton uh, don't actually play again. The, the, the league games are being postponed for it, and they've got the big impetus of playing of playing that game and the distraction that goes around it. I want again. We'll do a bit more on Brighton because I think they're a really interesting conversation to be had. Um, whether they can sustain it, they look brilliant. Don't they? They look absolutely. They were t- absolutely again. We were robbed. They were robbed. Uh, against Spurs <laughs> in a huge way at the weekend, yeah. but they look they they do look great. They look full of energy, look full of creativity and guile, and that they're going to be a real one to watch. But they're also a kind of team that you could you could it wouldn't shock me if everything imploded on them in the final couple of games. And Deserby being sent off is probably not going to help. Uh, what matters. was that about? Him and Cellini, wasn't it on the touchline? But why? It's after one of the bad decisions. Well, no, no. I thought they shook hands and they weren't happy with each other. Yeah, okay. it's been, it's, it's been apparently it's been bubbling under since before the weekend from the press conferences and something Stellini said. We'll do this on Bias Football uh, Podcast. I think two last. Well, it'll be news to me. I'm um, looking forward to that. Does anyone feel confident of European footy for Liverpool next season? You're, you're top European six, football. yeah, yeah, top seven, yeah, top four now. Exactly the same. Yeah, same boat. I think for me now, it's not about what other teams do around us. We've just got to concentrate on ourselves, get some results under our belt, get some of them positive feelings going, get Diaz back playing football at some sort of level. Cody Gakpo continues to learn, and what will be will be. If we find ourselves two games out with a shot at top four, boss, happy days. I felt like this during COVID season as well. What will be will be for us. Miracle happen, we get it. But I will say, sorry, Chloe, before you jump in, no we need European football. Yeah. Like you made a point before about building the squad, but for me, it's actually a revenue thing because mm. a lot of people's complaint about not getting Champions League is missing out on 100 million. You miss out on European football altogether and see where that leaves your revenue wise. Like Europa League, you get a good 50 odd million from, conference less again. But people's biggest complaint is the loss of money. Well, let's not get Europe altogether and have no money coming in additional. That seems me- mental to me. Yeah. Um, when do we play Spurs? We've still got Spurs. We play, to play. Spurs yeah. on the thirtieth. And how many points month. ahead are they? We are multiple. Points Here I am ahead. trying to drag myself back. We into are a top seven four, points top. behind Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, no, 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 sorry, I tell a lie. That's wrong. Nine points behind Tottenham Hotspur. Oh yeah, it's over. <laughs> Nine points of Tottenham Hotspur, with the, but we have got a game in hand on them, and we play them. Just out of interest, what's the gap to four? Is it like twelve? It is twelve points to Manchester United. Yeah, no, no games in hand there. No. No, it's not happening, boys. 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um... Well, sorry about that. It, we, we were all like, yes. We I, 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 I did a dive two weeks ago before the City game and said Liverpool can afford to drop eight points between now and the end of the season. They've dropped eight points since then. Yeah. We need to be perfect from here on out. Yeah. And that gets us to 71. Yeah. And I think the, I worked the average out over every 38 game Premier League season on that deep dive. And it's a, an average that's increased. As the seasons have gone on, and it's 71.5 points on average you need recently to be able to get into top four. So we win all our games. I think we get to 71. Yeah. I think it looks like it's going to be higher than that this year as well again. So your increasing average lends into That's that. I think look, look, we're falling into this trap because we're fucking Liverpool fans and we've gone from a world where you just, just, we can just speak about our boss we wear each and every week and now the conversation is do we think we're going to get top four? Do we think we're going to get top four? And your your point is spot on, Chris. There's nothing there that suggests Liverpool are going to put a run of form down. If you think, if there's no guarantees Liverpool can win nine games on the bounce because they've not done it this season. So why would they, yeah. why would they be Especially in the final the nine games? Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that goes back to the point about this is... 0.87 points per game away from home this That's season horrific. we are. Yeah. It's like so... three all year, all season, isn't it? Yeah. And we've lost that, in some know? bad places as well, haven't we? Like Forest, you know, oh, we've lost in some fun. bad places too. Like, yeah. so. And that's good, this, but that goes back to the point, you're right, is that you do your own heading, is... But there's nine games. We've got nine games at Liverpool. Come hell or high water, it's either they're going to give us something to get excited about, in which case it's it's fun. It's nine games, and then it's the summer, or it's only nine games, and then you can switch off for two months. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ignore preseason if you want. Sack it all off. Turn Twitter off. All that kind of thing. Don't even worry I about can't transfers. wait for um, Steve and Chris to be on these couches and shorts for the preseason games <laughs> and get stuck to that couch again. <laughs> fun <laughs> times are coming, guys. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, as I say, don't. I wouldn't. At this point, it, it kind of is what it is you try yeah you can do your own editing by expecting more than than than, than what we've been able to deliver I, I again i'm not i me not re- me refusing to write it off makes no bearing on it whatsoever i just have seen us be do too many magical things over too many years for me to sit here and go because I, I just don't see the point in going it's done it's the same as saying it's i'm not saying it's guaranteed but like 
it's just all those making noise, isn't it? You know, it's there. Yeah, but it's noise based on something for everybody else. Oh, exactly. But no, but, uh, but <laughs> so yeah. just noise for noise's sake. Oh no. So no. we're looking at it. Go well. We're averaging one point five two points per game. Our away is point eight seven. Over the last five games, we've averaged one point per game. Like that's. To be able, this is the these are the reasons why I don't think we're going to oh, make yeah, top yeah, four. Because the question is always, are we going to make top four? And the answer, we well, need to back it up with something. It can't just be, well, yeah, because I like to say the word yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, that's, <laughs> but it's the same thing regardless, isn't it? Is that ultimately, it's like, it's a prediction of the future. And a prediction based, based on past events. Based on past events, which don't have any bearing on the future events because they're not connected. Or you could they just... are in terms of football form. No Otherwise, we wouldn't look at form tables, we which you bring up every week about. on the agenda. There's just something to talk about. Or you could <laughs> just expect the least and be surprised if you get any more. That's well, right yeah, and that, that's the right attitude, is to go in there, go in, again, look at, enjoy, enjoy, if we, if you, if you, enjoy what football that is left because it'll be gone and again we'll all be sat twiddling our thumbs waiting dying for the footy to come back if you've had enough of it it's not that long until it's done now it's like what six weeks until the foot until the footy's done and then we can all have a have a big break um but yeah it kind of is what it is um right sam we've got plenty more to come we're going to be talking about other football teams and um, because there are football teams that do worse things than us one of them is chelsea who not only are shite but they've brought back a genuinely shite former everton manager <laughs> um into the dugout this might be one of those occasions where the board actually did think what would everton do <laughs> best run football club in the uh, smartest run football club in the country you've just got to ask yourself what would everton, what would everton do? do higher frank lampard and sack him Wow. Let's do that then. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Chelsea. We'll do a little bit on Villa. We're going to talk about uh, Brighton being absolutely varred to bits um, and a few other bits and pieces as well. So if you want to hear us talking about Premier League matters that aren't pertaining to Liverpool Football Club directly, uh, come and join us on redmenplus.com. Uh, if you use uh, the code BIASED, B-I-A-S-E-D. You sure? Boom. Um, no, not at all. And never will be again. Um, on the, <laughs> as a club captain, monthly subscription, you're going to get for £2 a month for three months as well. So come and check out that show. Video and in podcast. Uh, and we'll be back with another Red Men Originals next week. If you want more, an extra Red Men podcast each and every week, but you're unsure what the best platform for it. Well, the best platform is, of course, redmenplus.com. But if you are absolutely married to Spotify, if you cannot live without Spotify in your life, you can get the Red Men Plus podcast there now. Simply search for us on there, sign up through there, and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from Red Men Plus directly in your Spotify app. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 